0: Hello and welcome back to BizPod. On today's episode we will be talking with Julia and Marty from Rock and Bird. There's also a few sounds like a dog in the background and a couple little extra things that might sound a bit funny throughout the episode. This was one of the few episodes we've been able to record in person, so please do enjoy.
1: Alright, yeah. I guess um the best place would be to start with is what obviously you run a business. We're on Bizpod. What sort of?
2: What's the business? <laughs> what's the business? It is a, a small but lively um, art supply shop. But because it's it's quite tiny, we can't do a truly sort of dedicated art art supplies. So we also have, uh, I'd say, creative gifts. Books that both help you know what you know how to paint something, but also a lot of children's books to sort of inspire budding artists or get you interested in the world, which I always feel is an important part of being uh, creative, uh, no matter what you know direction creation takes you, as it were. So, and a lot of um, fun stuff. So you know, silly shaped erasers and daft pencils, mm-hmm. as well as the more serious sort of stuff. I'd say that covers it. Just about, and
3: yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's art supplies of all sorts of different kinds uh, for professionals and amateurs, and really anything we like and that interests <laughs> us. <laughs> yes, <And true. laughs> yes, I really. like this. Let's sell more of it to the people we like. Well, essentially, so
1: true, yeah. yeah.
2: Just sort of think this is great fun. I'd like people to see it and enjoy it too. So yeah, it's um, eclectic. Perhaps is the uh, it seems to make sense to me. Well, that's very important. <laughs> um, and then how long have you been sort of running it? Only now. We've just had a discussion on on how long have you been right here. Right now. Right now. Um, I would say three years, coming up to three years this summer.
3: Yes. Um, I think that's basically exactly right, because I've just recently done our, our kind of month-by-month month calculations of our earnings, and so... That's what it looks like on the spreadsheets. Okay.
1: But yeah, you you took over the shop from somebody who'd been running it previously. What kind of inspired you
3: to, to do that? I, I think just the sense that we could, and if we didn't, then maybe nobody would, and the town would lose its art supply store. Um, we were fortunate enough to have the money to do it at the time, um, and, and I'm sure this will come up later on, but the cheat code of running your own business is having access to a ready supply of capital. It really makes everything very easy. Um, uh, cause we don't know what we're doing mm. entirely and that's never been an obstacle so far. <laughs> 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 that's a good thing. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, it, it helps a lot, but it, it means it's limited, uh, what advice we can give to people who are not in that extremely fortunate position that we were in. Um, but yeah, we, we had the money to take over the business and Julia was working as an independent artist uh, but also had time around that. Our kids were basically grown and mostly moved out. Um, and so it was easy to look at that and say, well, that'll give us an anchor in the community, a stream of income, and it's a service we would like to be involved in providing in and that we thought we would be good at providing.
1: Incredible. And how, how did how was it? taking over a business rather than just like uh, starting one from scratch. Like, I guess there's an element of picking up the, the loose ends, I imagine.
2: Yes, I think I think it helped us because mm-hmm. we were both sort of business newbies. It meant that already it was set up as a an art supply shop. So um, although we've moved it in sort of different directions since then, or, you know, fuller direction, uh, it meant that, We weren't trying to tell people it's completely, you know, something completely different. People knew where we were. There's also photocopying, which has been going a thread, you know, sort of from the older businesses. So, you know, people who, you know, happily potter in and sort of say, oh, you're new, but do you still
3: do photocopying? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, we do. So, um, although we've never been sure uh, if we make money on that. No, I'm not (laughs) sure. (laughs) <laughs> and we, we kind of don't want to do the math because there's almost nowhere else in town that does it. No. Certainly nowhere else that does colour photocopying the way we do. And so we sort of feel like as long as we're not noticeably losing money on it, we're going to keep doing it. I know. So, yeah.
0: so there's a real um, sort of benefiting the community community hub in
2: it. It's not just the business elements that appeal. Oh Yes, most definitely. Um, I like the idea of um, trying to, well, just encourage people to be creative um, or pass on information. So we always have you know, information on uh, galleries mm. or um, uh, exhibitions coming up or people who teach art. And there's quite a lot of different either individuals or groups that do it. Of course, last year I'd say not so. But um, yes, so it, I like the idea of being a, a sort of an information hub as well.
3: And, and that idea of community involvement is paid back by our customers as well. Uh, I think if you're shopping locally on the high street, at some level you're buying into the idea that having local high street shops is itself a value. Mm. And you know that they can't compete in terms of price or in terms of stock levels with online retailers, uh, or at least most people know that. Very so often we run into someone who doesn't. Uh, But by and large, I think people understand that what they're doing when they shop at a local store is buying a service as much as they are buying goods.
1: Incredible. And that's, you know, one of the things I do like about coming into a store is also just how it brings together all the local art as well. How, How have you been finding, you know, making connection with artists and, you know, getting that kind of assortment of art in?
2: That's been, no, that's been a pleasure. There were, I think, no, there were already some artists who were, you know, showing their work or actually selling prints, and we've just taken it from there and continued. Um, and people will come in and sort of say, you know, I have these cards, what do you think? And some people are sort of just looking for guidance, um, others are actually actually hoping that... Uh, um, you know, we will take their cards on and sometimes we can and sometimes we, we can't. But it is very nice to be able to find, you know, new new artists and put their work up for display. Again, it's not as a business idea, uh, selling prints and selling art, because we're not a gallery. So we mm. don't actually make hardly any money on it. But it sort of it adds to the atmosphere of the shop and it's lovely having that... Um, say that connection Mm -hmm. same goes for uh, we like having guest artists or guest displays in -hmm. the windows about uh, twice a year three times a year if possible and that's that's fun it also means i don't have to think of something else to put in the window (laughs) leave it up to somebody else but it's lovely being able to do that so Mm -hmm. yeah
1: and it's yeah it's just you know overall i that community thing is what I quite like about Rock and Bird generally is obviously, I think one of the first times myself and Louise came to the store, it was when you were doing, you know, the class with the kids and, you know, a little wee workshop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can't imagine that's the most profitable, profitable thing, but it's just really lovely to give kids an opportunity to be creative in a group mm-hmm. and, you know, build, again, that sense of community.
3: Yeah. Those, those little classes are something I think we're both really looking forward to getting back in the store. Um, and, and it's been difficult not having that aspect of the community there during COVID. And we did a little bit in terms of kind of trying to foster projects early on, but I think we, like everybody else basically just got tired as the, the series of lockdowns yeah. went on. Um, but we, we can set up sort of one table, fit maybe half a dozen people in there uh, once social distancing is, is no longer quite so necessary. And it's lovely just having a bunch of kids in there making and doing and making a mess. Uh, and their parents <laughs> are usually quite grateful mm-hmm. that they're making the mess in the shop instead of at home. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so
0: there's always that element i think to art that the initial investment can be expensive or the supplies can be expensive so i guess there's something wonderful in giving kids the opportunity to make the mess with with the equipment and stuff yeah try things Um, out yeah, because Before I guess buying, yeah. at that point, you, you've you got those future artists, which might even be in your shop, could be in that room That's right, yes, <laughs> making the yeah. art. And it
3: gives you a chance to explain things to both the kids and the parents as well. Like there there's a conversation that you often have when a kid who is really enthusiastic about art comes in with a parent who mm. might want to be supportive, but doesn't really know anything about it. And the parent looks at the price tag of some individual items and thinks, yeah. do you really need this? <laughs> like, <laughs> How much what do is you it love for? Uh, and, and so having that conversation about, all right, well, this is, this is what this particular, you know, marker pen, Poscas are one of the big areas. These are acrylic paint pens that mm-hmm. essentially write on anything. Uh, and then you can varnish over that and you've got a, a kind of permanent, vibrant looking thing. Um, and a lot of parents who aren't familiar with what Poscas can do will balk at paying £4.50 for one colour of marker or you know, £35 for a set of six or something like that. Um, and so being able to show them what you can achieve with them and giving the kids a chance to play around with them I think really helps to bridge that gap and, and show why they are worth it.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I, I guess that's a lot of what um, I presume you're doing is obviously... It is, you know, there is the online stuff and all that sort of jazz, but it is, you know, when you come in, you know, you're knowledgeable, you are sort of artists yourselves, and um, I think a couple of times I've came in, you know, there's been little wee projects that have been getting worked on in the counter, yeah. and, you know, it's getting that, again, what you were saying about service, um, as well as obviously being able to buy things.
3: Yeah, um, and, and so having that combination of, of first-hand knowledge, so bo- both of us know a something about art. I know a lot, lot less about it than Julia, but I, I talk a better game than I do. Um, <laughs> and the other people who work in the shop were either our kids or a, a local art student. Um, and we also had an employee in the past who was a, a very experienced professional potter. Um, everybody brings something to the table in terms of really knowing their stuff and being able to, to act as liaison between the customers and mm. what's often quite a difficult world to, to penetrate.
0: Yeah. Um, and you mentioned you were running over lockdown.
2: Sort of what, what systems did you have in place? How was that? Oh, patchy, I think is probably. <laughs> um, for the first lockdown, I did try to do little projects. And um, not. I never got into videos. It sort of thought about it, and that's yep, as far yep. as I got. <laughs> but uh, certainly on Instagram and Facebook and sort of do very simple ideas and just take photographs and put it, you know it on social media. Um, I have to admit that by the second lockdown, for various reasons, uh, uh, no, it just didn't happen. Yep. I loved the idea, but that's as far as it
3: got. Um, you were also doing deliveries throughout the first lockdown that is true. as well. Yes, and, and the second. One and we, part, yeah. but we did find the customer base for that dried up a lot during the second one. Right. I think the the post Christmas period hit th- everyone pretty hard. Mm, yes, that sort mm. of. Oh, I, we thought we were nearly done. No, no, there's months to go.
2: I think it was also because it was January, February time, which is You're always our quietest time anyway. So it was much quieter. But yes, I sort of did deliveries locally where possible, and um, so you know used to go into the shop anyway and you know get people sending emails or mm. messages via Instagram or messages via right, Facebook. Right. Yeah. So I guess it's very much adapting because you wouldn't you wouldn't think that an art shop would do deliveries, but there's clearly a demand yes, or, or was. was a demand at the point yes, yes certainly on the first time around when people were quite desperate to uh, mm-hmm. definitely a lot more people took up um, doing something creative during that period either it was laying dormant for many years and they thought oh it's about time i try that again mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. or it was just you know keeping children very happy doing mm-hmm. something else other than watching mm-hmm. television or
3: and, and whether by accident or by design um, or by laziness we never really developed a proper web portal. So everybody who bought stuff from us during that lockdown had an extended conversation on our Facebook Messenger mm-hmm. with Julia saying, I would like to do this. Well, here are the supplies you might need. Here's a range of different things you could use. It was a really hands-on customer service experience for them. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was, again, part of what they were buying into. You know, They could mm-hmm. have gone on Amazon and gotten things delivered within a day, yeah. and they didn't because that service was there and because they wanted to support a local community store.
0: Yeah, Well, very, very tailored expert knowledge at that point of was, exactly what a do a I need <laughs> to make <laughs> this.
3: That's
2: very true, yes. Um, I, I certainly built up a, a quite a portfolio of photographs because <laughs> I decided to just take, it's sometimes yep, much yep. easier to send a photograph and saying this is that type of paint or do you mm. want it that one or but
0: you were speaking about websites and I think you're having your one redone
2: or it has just been, been done? It's been, it's been redone. I've, um, it was fortunate. It's something that I had thought perhaps we should try and do, but it's very time consuming yep. and you need to know what you're doing. Um, but by chance, um, one of our, you know, one of, one of the artists who sells his, his lovely prints in our shop also has a background of um, computer. Yeah website design and he because of lockdown various reasons anyway he was getting back into that Mm. and wanted this as a case study okay okay so he spent a lot of time and effort putting it together Um, very patient with us he's incredibly Ah. patient yes i know considering (laughs) considering considering the questions and the time it Mm. took and waiting for you know us to, to come back and saying yes we want it like this and i have no idea if i want <laughs> it like that <laughs> <laughs> but then i guess it takes that there's the trust in you
0: and the trust in the shop mm. and the trust in this that you've built up with them already i guess that's sort of quite a kind of wonderful and unique position to be in to know the, your website creator sort of so well yes mm-hmm.
2: you're right i can't imagine what it would have been like um i suppose it would have been very expensive and perhaps more
3: frustrating or, or we would have gone with just you know a blank wordpress template oh, you know a very very uh, kind of yeah. <laughs> super basic <laughs> yeah, you know quite. it
2: would art to <laughs> buy it and it's just <laughs>
0: the web page yeah, yeah. i mean okay, i have website. i have
3: a moderate amount of skepticism of the utility of websites mm. when you don't have an online store mm. in the age of social media like our 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 storefront is our instagram yeah uh, yeah and large. I and suppose,
2: but many people have said it's a nice website, and people do still look at websites, and they're not I mean on it. Facebook, but or not but on also Instagram.
3: many people contextually don't realize that when they Google something and find the Google My Business page, that's not our website. A lot of people look at that and think, yeah, that's a website. It's right. on the web. <laughs> like yeah. it has all the information. What more do I need?
2: Oh, okay. You mean when they say it's a nice website? It's just—I I think I a lot know. of the time they're do just looking to. at Google My Business. <laughs> 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 anyway, it is yeah. a lovely website, and I—I uh, I hope to uh, to add to it. We do want to put on like an events page, mm-hmm. on an information page, to so continue the idea of having you know sort of about again mm-hmm. uh, about yeah. events happening, etc. Yeah. So that that will make it a bit more alive. So it's not just sitting there.
3: And I think that's the tricky thing to balance when you're a small shop. You know, we don't have someone who is a dedicated IT person who can mind the web page or make Mm -hmm. sure that it's updated. Um, You find it a a pretty opaque thing to deal with. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've had anyone else really get to grips with it. And so you don't want it to be a dead site. You also don't want to promise things you can't deliver. So we've been very wary of creating an online shopping facility yeah, because yeah. that's essentially a whole second business that you're running, which has mm-hmm. much more stringent requirements for tracking your stock than a, a face-to-face retail shop does. Um, and so we've been cagey about doing that. But yeah, yeah the, the site itself is is lovely, and I think it's a good jumping-off place to kind of build up from there.
1: Yeah, and obviously I know with the, the Instagram that has been something you've been working on for quite a while. How have you found using Instagram in KLV biz, Not Instagram, yeah, Instagram in a business sense, because <laughs> um, it's very much you know very personal and you know human, but obviously mm. it does lead back into the shop.
2: It does. Uh, I had not had any sort of uh, dealings with Instagram before getting the shop.
3: You still don't really have a personal Instagram.
2: No, I don't. Um, I started one as an artist, and it's got all of one picture on it. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> But it's a great picture. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh So d- being as a shop, I found it actually quite a pleasure. So it's sort of being able to balance the idea of slightly personal, because people always like to know sort of perhaps where you live, happen to live in a place that's very picturesque, and so might as well enjoy putting up pictures of, of the coast. Mm. Um, uh, I don't use it as a continual site to sell, saying, we have this, you must buy this, yeah. come in now, these are cheap, these are, you know, going for two a penny or something. Um. <laughs> two a penny? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of deals for oh, these? How old am I? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but th- the idea, so it's more... Again, it's it's more encouraging an atmosphere mm-hmm. and saying, "Hey, we are here," and you know, engage in a customer base uh, and mm-hmm. encourage people to to come and see us. I suppose I I must admit that I tried to I try to be better at more regularly posting uh, at the moment because I'm very busy on an art project that has completely sort of fallen away and i know that's terribly bad for your algorithms um but i'm
3: not allowed to post about it very much are you well i'm
2: not allowed to post about what i'm doing at oh, the moment that wouldn't help all, either. <laughs> No, that's, so that's mm. a bit unfortunate um but nor have i had any time to post about anything else mm. uh, so uh, but you know i'll get back to it i am i have found that instagram is wonderful for finding artists and being able to ask them, you know, if they have a website or are interested in buying something in, or at least making the inquiry. So um, it's it's worked both ways, I think, both by sort of saying, we're here, please come and see us, and also by finding, you know, lovely stuff to put in the shop.
3: Yeah, I think there's also an interesting intersection of location and media platform here, because there is a kind of established... North Berwick way to use Instagram for businesses, mm. yeah. which I think steampunk coffee are among the best at doing. Mm. Um, and it, it ties back to that thing that the people who shop at these local stores are buying into a service and a lifestyle. Mm. And so when you put up pictures of the beautiful seaside town, that's not unrelevant to your business. You know, that, that yeah. is part of what your business is selling as well is the location and the feel and the community
0: yeah well it was in um the little the last advert that we had done for you it was reshared by visit north berwick and we Mm. were like oh right what else do they reshare and it's like oh gosh it's actually everything is within this sort of Mm -hmm. scottish seaside aesthetic which i think you guys then in your marketing kind of fit into so well and it was just it was interesting the the difference of the (laughs) stop motion in there but it didn't not fit Yeah. um so that was quite enjoyable to see um, and as well,
2: you had a very a special visitor in oh, recently. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, that was the very first day we reopened. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Which is, of th-
3: course, why the visit was happening. That was
2: why, and also because, of course, the up-and-coming um, elections, the I assume. So we had been warned just the day before that it might happen but it might not. But they yeah. didn't want it to be advertised because they didn't want unnecessary crowds to, oh, to gather. Okay. Of no. course, <laughs> yes, for right. obvious mm. reasons. And so it was a very odd thing of thinking, well, you know, she might come into the shop. Yep. Um, we, we
3: should say this was Nicholas yeah, Sturgeon. Sorry, minister yeah. yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes oh, sorry, God. yes, yes. Super, super secret.
2: secret. <laughs> so secret, I'm even not talking about it now. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's a mysterious person <laughs> <in> a mysterious <laughs> world. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so it was fascinating to see how um, very casual visits mm. like that actually happen mm-hmm. because I think they wanted it. And it did from from sort of looking um, at, you know, photographs that were put on Instagram, interestingly, okay. um, of her visit. It looked very sort of naturalistic. What you don't see, of course, is the entourage that... that yeah, yeah <laughs> you're getting everyone to sign forms. The, that's right, and, and, and all the, the camera... Amber people. Yeah. Uh, you know.
3: I mean, I'd, I'd also be interested to know how much of that visit looked recognizable in other parts of Scotland. Mm. You know, at, at some level, if the high street of one of the most affluent towns in Scotland doesn't look good when things yeah, reopen, yeah. that's a terrible sign. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, yeah, if, yeah. if you've gone down somewhere in, I don't know, the, the west end of Glasgow and, and done the tour there, feel like maybe that's a more powerful statement if their high street is reopening yeah. in a healthy and vibrant way. Um, we're, we're easy mode over here with uh, essentially a lot of wealthy people who, who yeah. work in high-paying jobs and own very expensive houses and want to support local businesses and, and can. You know, we've been very fortunate coming out of the lockdown to bounce back really fast, but that's mm-hmm. because of where we are and because of the, the affluence of the customer base.
1: Yeah it was really
3: interesting obviously
1: I think with the coming out of the first lockdown photos were like outside of River Island at the fort and then this time around it's very much local businesses mm-hmm. uh, very wholesome and it's um yeah much different vibes now but you mentioned kind of bouncing back uh, how have you been finding it you know of coming out of the lockdowns obviously it's uh, can't have as many customers it's uh, a much different experience now I imagine.
2: I think, uh, well, we've got a small shop, so you can't have too many people <laughs> anyway. anyway. <yeah. laughs> um, now and again, you see people sort of looking at how many are already in the shop yeah. and we sort of say, you know, can you wait? And some people just decide, perhaps because it, it's very much a shop that some it encourages browsing. Mm. And so if they only came to browse, then mm. they think, yeah. no, I won't bother, and they go away. So we must lose a little bit of custom to the, the casual browser but um it's been a gentle comeback it has it's not like suddenly we were overrun by people <laughs> desperate for pencils it was um it yeah. was, uh, but it's been gentle but steady mm-hmm. and we can only looking sort of like uh not were we open last year? No, we were so closed we, last we, year. Yeah, we don't rent- have a so great
3: year-by-year year comparison because yeah. this is the point we were closed during the last lockdown. Yeah. So we, we're we kind of tracking this against the money that we lost by being not open for three months. Mm. Um, and we know that the, that the first month we were open wiped out the last month we were closed. Right. Uh, so good. You know, that, that, uh, that means we're recovering pretty well, I think. Yeah. yeah. There are still issues with suppliers and stock. I don't know how visible it is to people the rest of the world over. But if you're in retail, you become very aware that your suppliers have become less reliable, presumably because their suppliers are less reliable. You know, there's still stuff going on with supply chains. We can't get in. White paint across a bunch of different ranges, and we don't know why, and nobody tells <laughs> us why. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yes, yeah. yeah. yeah, so, so everything's
0: yeah. going to have gray backgrounds. Yep, yeah, and yeah,
3: yeah. Or, or unfortunate for sort seascape, isn't it? Yeah. Or, or more and more we won't have exactly the thing people need, which mm. is unfortunate. Um, mm. But there's very little we can do about that, and I assume other people are in a similar boat. Um, and that might fix itself in good time, and it also might not. We've seen global supply chains disrupted by a bunch of different things, yeah. from oil tankers being stuck in the Suez Canal to- uh, Such a to, good to meme. To more general stuff, <laughs> yeah. Good meme, bad for- Bad for know, everything else. Everything else, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we're still waiting to see how long some of that disruption goes on, and, and we're also seeing some of our suppliers have changed ranges, presumably yeah. because they're finding their original suppliers haven't recovered, mm. um, so I think we're we're going to see aftershocks for a while.
0: Um. Well, and and the fact that even just that the high street has come back to life. I know I was on Princess Street recently, and it's it's kind of a creepy ghost town in that yeah. there's still the people walking around, but a good chunk of the shops are just yep, that's it, we're closed. Oh. Whether they're fully sold or if it's just this department is shut for now, um. It's bizarre because it's the biggest high street in Scotland almost, um, and you're sort of, oh. I <laughs> oh think <no. laughs> it feels
2: as if cities have suffered worse than sort of medium-sized mm-hmm. to small towns. Mm-hmm. I think everyone feels slightly happier coping with a smaller town rather than going to a big city. And I suppose you have much bigger overheads and many yeah. reasons why department stores are suffering. Um, Having said that, John Lewis has just reopened, and it's meant to look amazing. I hear. Oh, you went? Yeah,
1: it it does look really (laughs) good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. They spent years going floor by floor redesigning it, and they've just done it all over. But (laughs) why not? Um, Yeah, I
0: guess there's maybe something in it. Smaller numbers, people feel safer. People know the people, so you're able. You know, generally the numbers are smaller. I think maybe Mm. just the larger risks have just sort of been too great. Which is a bit sad to
2: say. It is. And it it might slowly change as we all feel a little braver if mm. if things continue to go well. Uh, I suppose it's whether or not uh, those businesses can hang on. Yeah. But being in a small, um, much visited town yeah. is, is mm. just very fortunate for us.
1: How have you found like the the change like I, or at least if there has been a change in clientele because I imagine it's like a good mix of locals and a good bit tourists mm-hmm. uh, being in North Berwick has that changed at all during this or have people just been persevering and trying to escape the city out here
3: <laughs> <laughs> certainly there there have been people trying to escape the city right from the first moment they were even slightly (laughs) allowed to. (laughs) Um, I saw a lot more of this in my, my other role. So, you know, in, in a previous life, not that long ago, I was an academic um, and I quit that to, to become a chef recently. And the, the first chefing job I got was at the, the lobster shack, which is a a seaside seafood place. Um, And from the first weekend we were open, we were Getting cues, people were waiting in line for an hour and a half, two hours sometimes, because there was just nothing else to do. Right, but yeah. they were still clearly coming from out of town. You know, right, a yeah. lot of these were not locals, um,
0: specifically for lobster. Level. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, and I think we've we've seen a, an extension of a trend that was already in place. Like there is a kind of Scottish tradition of people from the cities going to the seaside in Scotland at the weekend and that has continued and i would say intensified this last bank holiday weekend was yeah. insane
0: well i guess at, at time of recording we've still got the stay within scotland restrictions mm. and of course mm. some of them have lifted some of them but not so um i know i also took advantage of, we even yeah. left mm-hmm. town and sort of saw other people shoving bags and cars like hey they stole our idea <laughs> <laughs> um of course nothing yeah. original about it but I guess, yeah, there is that element that it is then tourism beneficial in a way for Scotland itself. But, yeah, then where are those people going when they come back?
1: Interesting. Much to ponder I'm But <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Yeah, overall, was it always um, like a case of balancing the interests of tourists and locals? Or do, is it kind of mutually similar tastes for what they would be mm-hmm. coming in for?
2: I think probably um, the tourists tend to, to go for prints not surprisingly, of the place that they've been to. So we sell a lot more um, sort of artwork um, during that time. And I'm trying to think if we sell more, um, a lot of things for keeping children occupied, uh, especially if the weather is not that nice. And so we have a
3: whole series of of things to do on a rainy day, kind of Mm. uh, kids' activity books.
2: Yes. Yes, and those are very, well, those are very popular all year round, but you do notice a lot more of them go during the mm. summer for that very mm. reason. I would say that, no, I'd say um, visitors in our shop tend to buy quite similar things mm. as, as sort of people who, who live nearby, who are local. Mm. Um, perhaps the serious art supplies tends to only be sold to people who you know obviously have somewhere to put it and, and it's taking time. Yeah.
3: Although it's not unheard of for for somebody to come in, uh, we, we get a lot of partners of golfers who are not golfers themselves, right, yeah. and will come in and say, "I have been dragged to the Scottish coast for a week. I'm going to take a watercolor painting. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm here. Like, what as what well. can I do? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yes." Um, so yeah, that's that, that happens at least a few times a year, and that's always a fairly substantial sale when it, it does. Is. So
2: there we are. We tend to run out of blue paint <laughs> <laughs> during the summer.
0: So no white, no blue. Oh, oh yeah, well, yeah yep. that's
3: true. That's, that's going to be bad news no, for people us. People need so. to paint the stormy seas. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everything's <believe> just <laughs> green. <laughs> yeah.
0: Green and grey. Green, grey, a bit of brown, maybe. Mm. Yeah.
1: But yeah, how how have you been finding? Because obviously, I imagine there's a balance of having to, you know, you know, have the general purpose stuff, but also having the kind of, I'm really into my art. I want these really particular stuff. How do you kind of manage the curation aspect of running a store?
2: Mm. I think I'm always aware that I will never have everything that artists, as a profession. Would need We are far too small. I mean, we sort of need to have the TARDIS to be able to somehow, which I'd love, you know, so you'd be able to have (coughs) a very small space, but somehow it would be huge, yes, and be able to have a little of everything. So we can only run certain lines, certain particular companies Mm -hmm. of their acrylic paints, say, and so you can have the more graduate quality and then the artist professional quality, but that doesn't mean we have all the different... There's yeah. so many right. different types. And and vendors. it's a
3: big ask. I mean, most, most of the highest grade professional quality art supplies, you can buy in small quantities from the wholesaler. So we could get you exactly what you want. But you've then got to buy into paying more than you would have to pay if you go to an online retailer and waiting mm-hmm. because we'd have to order it in special. That's true. Um, so, you know, we... I think the interaction we most often get from people who are really seriously into their art, unless they're people we already know who order from us regularly, um, is that they come in, they look around, they think, oh, I'm quite impressed with the the range of things you have. And then they ask us about something even more obscure, which we don't have. Yep. And they go, oh, well, I didn't think so. And then they leave. You know, <laughs> <That's so> just
0: <laughs> not being very helpful at that point. Well, I'd,
3: you know, I'd, I don't think we can be those people. I think if if you're a local professional artist and you want us to supply you, you know, have that conversation and we can keep certain things in stock that are literally just for you Um, but if you're a a passing through professional artist, it's a little more take what you can find
2: So we have to, we just have to you know, be happy in the thought that we're not going to be able to please everybody Mm. all the time I'd love to be able to have more stuff but even sort of Canvases, for instance, uh, we just physically don't have room for mm. large canvases, and so the one or two people who ever will come in and say, "Have you got one?" which is four foot by four, foot. <laughs> <laughs> and then you say, "I'm, I'm, oh oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, Can you <laughs> yeah, where <laughs> would we put it?" <laughs> Hiding out in the back somewhere. Um, so yes, uh, it, it is. It is always going to be a problem of a small specialist mm-hmm. shop and I suppose we, we are different to the the ones that are in Edinburgh for instance uh, which also is it
3: uh, so there, there's a couple gray. different ones there's Greyfriars Art Sh- art course. supply there's yes. also one closer to Edinburgh College mm-hmm. of Art. But both of those are in walking distance of Edinburgh yep. College of mm. Art. And I would assume they get contacted and told, this is what all of our students, students will are be doing. Buying. Well,
0: I was so about to say that oh, then I'll just be students. Yeah. Um, but of course, that's much more Edinburgh. Because there mm. must, I mean, there can't be any students out here, right?
3: There, there are students, but, you know, they're here in the summer and then oh, they're right, yeah. they're leaving. So, you know, they will sometimes very loyally come in and stock up. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, they are elsewhere.
1: And Cal looking back to the Cal business aspect of it, What's been kind of some aspects of running the shops that you know you wish you had been given a bit of a heads up beforehand? <laughs> that you are like, uh, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> if only oh.
2: I'd known before. I think always the thing that you should buy um, smaller, not smaller, but sort of variety um, over quantity. Certainly not, in our kind of shop. Certainly not. I- yes, in our kind of shop, not that we we ever went completely sort of mad over one thing, but you do find, again, because of amount of stock and because novelty, new things always sell better, mm-hmm. it is better to um, always buy in smaller amount of things, almost test them out, mm-hmm. and then even then don't sort of you know buy them in on too big a scale. I think oddly enough, it was how much harder it is to navigate uh, banking and even utilities as a business. Mm. Far harder than mm. as a private citizen. And, and, me.
3: and every online service. Like One one of the things I'm constantly struck by is how bad wholesale sales portals are mm. if you are someone who has gotten used to using online retailers. Where you think these... These are easy to navigate, they have everything in the world somewhere, mm-hmm. and wholesalers are just not like that and they don't need to be because they're selling you stuff very cheap and so mm-hmm. you have to put up with that if, if you're in the resale business, um, which you know is, is a reality of the situation, but it is just fascinating to adjust to that.
1: Yeah I know it was really uh, comforting for myself and Louise when we were starting up and we were just going through hell with our banking and getting that all set up and hearing that Yusuf went through it as well it's like (laughs) it's just a pandemic it's it's just
2: a serious issue. Yeah it's just the the time. Oh Oh, no well obviously we started up before that uh, but even so as a business business banking Yes, it was not entirely sort of uh, smooth, I'd say.
3: Yeah, I mean, the, the high street banks almost actively discouraged us. We would go, <laughs> would go in and say, like, do you guys have a business account? they say, not really. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we sort of it. do, but nobody yeah. takes it.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's so helpful and reassuring, just what you want when starting
2: a business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was unfortunate. Um,
3: I think it was at that period... I don't want to slander a particular bank, but one of the major high street well, banks going through a really difficult computer They had computer a terrible thing. IT issue yeah. that lasted for more than a year where just they could not function.
2: And they just said, no, yeah. we, don't, we don't want any more business from
3: businesses. Right. So, so there was really, there was only one bank we, we could have gone with. Yeah. Uh, they sent me a, a customer survey a while back and, you know, called me up to, to talk through the questions yeah. and all of it why did you choose our bank? Literally no other <laughs> Yeah. What do you think of our service? It's pretty bad, honestly. But you know But we're still
0: here. You know, yeah. it's funny, that's the exact same experience we, we had, had? yeah. <laughs> like uh. we had a spreadsheet of maybe
1: twenty banks and it was like good. Okay, some I guess. Of looked, this one. some of
0: them looked really good as well. Oh. Oh. Um but anyway, it's been lovely talking with you both. Uh would you like to, I don't know, plug plug the shop or talk a little bit more about
2: how people can find you? Oh well, we do have a website now. So there we are. So
3: so do, do, do we know the website address? Yes.
2: Though? Yes, of course it's very simple. It's uh, www. And bird. <laughs> <laughs> com. Thank you. It's literally com.
3: Okay. That's pretty good. That is pretty good, isn't
2: it? Yes. Perfect. And on Instagram and
3: on Facebook. And honestly just come in. Uh, well, if you're yes. in North Berwick, 64 High Street, right on the corner of of the middle junction the High Street. Artemis. Nice spot. Yeah, it's actually
1: just like a great one where whenever I've mentioned that we've been doing work for yourselves, it's like people see, they're like, oh, I've seen that place or I've yeah. been in it. It's just got like a very iconic location.
0: Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. We've really enjoyed bringing it to you. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can check us out on our social media at Nakamedia LLP on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. Along with if you've got any questions or would just like to give us some feedback about the show, you can contact us at info at Thanks for listening and bye for now.